Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, back with my co-host today, Joey Ikes. Uh, we were separated last week, but back today, and uh, we have, the first time in a long time, a lot to talk about. It was a eventful day one of training camp as the Cowboys arrived in Oxnard, California. Uh, started off with the State of the Union press conference. We got a lot of good information, some people who aren't there, some people that are there, and then, bang, we got hit with a big contract extension. Trayvon Diggs signed a a nice big contract extension, one we thought could happen, but also didn't know for sure if it would get done this year or if they try to have him play on the tag. Um, so it's been a lot of positive so far to start the uh, 2023 training camp for the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk a lot about that today. But before we get started, Joey, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Like you said, we we get a little tied up every now and then. Unfortunately, we have uh, we have real jobs, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's exciting to get into camp like there's going to be a real ish football happening and it's going to get more and more real and I think Mike McCarthy even said it for me as like a a football purist almost this is almost the most pure time of the year like it's one-on-ones and you know seven-on-sevens and things like that where once you get into game planning and stuff like that week to week in the season it gets a little bit less pure like hey let's just go out and practice football and so this is exciting to uh you know I'm looking forward to the John Machoda and the David Hellman and the uh, Patrick Walker uh, timelines full of nine second Twitter video highlights from training camp and eating all that up as much as I can. And like you said, there's a there's a lot going on, even though they haven't started football quite yet. And I feel like we're so used to. This sounds rude, but I feel like we're so used to a lot of the years like this press conference just making everybody angry. You know, like, oh, we're not worried about the DAC contract or, yeah, like, we're, you know, we're, uh, the, you know, these young players, like, they have to prove themselves before they get a deal or, you know, there's a suspension or, and again, all that stuff can still happen, knock on what it does not. But like yesterday, they, they said a lot of the things that we were hoping they would say. Obviously, they got something done that we were hoping they would do. So it's like, I'm not saying that there's been a change in philosophy or a change of the guard by any means, but man, like, for the first time in a long time, I said, wow, this camp is starting off and the things they're saying sound right. The things they're doing are being done right. And I'm like, that's all we ask for is that, we, that we're doing the smart and intelligent things with the roster to, to build a competitive team year in and year out. 
Yeah, and it's almost it's funny because your your trauma comes up a little bit because you're like, okay, when's the next shoe dropping? When is the uh, you know when are we going to hear that you know they're not going to redo Zach Martin's deal and he's not coming to camp for good? And when are we going to hear all this other kind of stuff that makes us go back to our our trauma responses that we have from from years of following this team? But like you said, and you even talked about it last week, the way the off season has gone, the way the off season went, and. Yeah, it's really hard to poke very many holes in the way they they went through the offseason. We can we can disagree with their approach in the draft. We can disagree with some of their things like that. But, you know, they went out and added veterans at really important positions, high quality veterans to insulate themselves against needs and were able to go out and, <clears throat> and pick the guys they wanted in the draft, whether they we agree with those evaluations is a different story. But but. Again, hard to poke holes in the offseason, hard to poke holes through the way that they've talked through the opening press conference. Like you said, there there wasn't anything in there that just made us angry about, you know, we're not worried <laughs> about that. The fact that they didn't comment on the Zach Martin thing and didn't just say, oh, we're not worried about it, Zach will be here, tells me they're not just planting their feet in the ground and saying, okay, we're just going to fine you $50,000 a day until you show up and you'll show up eventually that, you know, they're they're going to go to work with Zach and get something done. Um, and that's, you know, that's really all you can ask of these situations is that they just continue to make good decision after good decision and, and hope it pays off. Yeah, and I was going to start there with Zach Martin, but you kind of hit on it. Like, this is what I, you know, the show last week was when the news dropped that he was threatening not to show up to camp. And, you know, I was kind of, at that point, I was kind of like, yeah, this isn't great, but at the same time, like, not just it's not something I'm worried about like obviously he's got a point like hey I'm making seven million dollars less than the next next guy and he's by far one of the most talented guys but I just I feel like one he's the type of guy there they don't even have an argument not to help improve his contract situation because he's just been such a solidified like solidified piece in their offensive line for the last however many years and then the talent I mean, the only question they might have is, hey, you've been banged up a little bit more than you have been. But at the same time, it's just like he's 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 that type of player. He's that tier of player where there's not really a fight that they can give. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that they may object to is the idea of giving a new contract two years before the new one. A lot of teams just absolutely refuse to do that. And that's because they don't want to set a precedent because they if Zach Martin comes to him and says, hey, I need a new contract. Um, two years before his contract expires, then that sets a precedent for, you know, some other player. And the funny thing about the Cowboys is I was thinking about this earlier is other than Zach Martin, there's not really a bunch of guys on, you know, big veteran deals that make me think, Oh, they're, they're the kind of guy who in a year or two could come back to the Cowboys and say, Oh, I'm in, I have two years left on my deal, but I want to make more money. Um, because they, they just don't really have, you know, that many big long-term veteran contracts left on their, on their books other than, you know, Zach Martin's there. Tyron Smith is a short-term deal now. DeMarcus Lawrence is short-term. Van Der Esch, is, you know, most of these deals are shorter deals now. Um, so really it's Dak, which is an exception to the rule because he's the quarterback, and then Zach Martin, who's an exception to the rule because he's a, uh, a first-ballot Hall of Fame offensive lineman, which is right. incredibly rare. All right. 
Well, let's dive into the Trayvon Diggs thing because, like I said, I, I don't think it's even worth spending with so much time talking about the Zach Martin thing because it's just not something I'm even worried about yet, and I don't think anybody should be. I mean, obviously, you'd love for him to be there. You'd love for him to be practicing, getting the ball rolling. But, I mean, I think John Owning said it on Twitter the other day. My worry level of the Zach Martin thing will be raised when it's two weeks before the season starts and he still isn't around. <laughs> right. When they're practicing at the star and and Zach Martin hasn't showed up yet. That's when they're. That's when you get worried. When when the when the practices are at the star, and they're starting to kind of install some things to sort of get ready. They're trying to you know build that continuity on the line. But even then, you know Zach Martin has been playing between Terrence Steele and Tyler Biotish for two and a half years now, or something like that. Like that's that situation is fine on the right side. It, it's really about getting the left side situated on this offensive line right now. So. <laughs> Keep Zach Martin away from getting his ankle rolled up or something like that for a week or two. That That's totally fine with me. I'm with you. So, Trayvon Diggs, I'll let you start on there because I know you're you're a big a big proponent of all the cap stuff, and I am not. I, I understand it, but I do not know how to explain it to people. But, man, does this seem like, in my opinion, a great deal for the Cowboys, probably more so than for Diggs, but it, it really seems like, Diggs might have did the Cowboys a favor by agreeing to some of these terms. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the cornerback market as a whole, Trevon Diggs is now the by by average annual value. He is the fifth highest paid cornerback in the league. Among those five, he is fourth in total guarantees and fourth in fully guarantees. So he really and truly. He did not go, and this is why this is when you talk about the Cowboys and the way they operate their front office. If you're going to get an extension early from the Cowboys, it is not going to be number one on the market. It just isn't. If you want number one on the market money, you're gonna have to push them all the way to the deadline and threaten to leave before and then you you'll get, get it. <laughs> you you'll right. still get it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You will get it and it will mess your it will it will do more damage to the cap for them to do it right. then than if they did it the year early, but for some reason whether it's a Stephen Jones thing or a Jerry Jones thing or an Adam Pacifica thing, um the Cowboys will not give top of the market deals early. Unless you are, you know, Zach Martin got top of the market a year before his contract expired when he was coming off his rookie contract. That's really about it. Um, and I think that was just because they also had to deal with Demarcus Lawrence and a couple of other things that year. But Trevon Diggs, you know, not a huge signing bonus. Let me let me double check exactly what the signing bonus was. Yes, twenty one million dollars signing bonus. Not a huge signing bonus. On a five-year deal, it's just over 20% on the signing bonus. Not, not a huge deal there. Small little increase in the cap number for this year. And then really manageable numbers going out, you know, for the next three or four years. And one of these, one of these ideas that you kind of have to be able to grasp is every contract, contract in the league, yep. other than the quarterback contracts, and even some of those, are three-year contracts. And then we'll see. And so when you look at that for the Cowboys, for 2023, his cap number is just under $6 million, so up just a little bit from where he was before. 2024, it's $16 million, which is probably pretty close to what it would have been on a fifth year, on, on a 
franchise tag, if not less than what the franchise tag would have been. And then in 2025, it's 14 million. And then in 2026, it's 19, just under 20 million. So he doesn't get up to that $20 million number from a cap standpoint until the last two or three years of this deal, when who knows what the cap is. The cap may be 300 million or more by 2026. And you're going to be in a whole different phase of your team build by the time 2026 rolls around. So like you said, it's pretty easy to see when the Cowboys do one of these deals early. More often than not, the Cowboys are getting a relatively good deal um, compared to the market. Now, that can change if the play falls off or something like the Jalen Smith situation. They signed him early because he came to them. It looked like a good deal if he was going to be a good player. Um, and then he fell off you know, a cliff, and it was a bad contract because he fell off a cliff. But if he had kept playing at a high level, it stays a good contract. That's the case for all these things. Good on Trevon for for being willing to come, you know, get $20 million, $22 million this year once you add his salary this year, and then be able to turn around and 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 keep going out. He's got some per-game roster bonuses, uh, and they've even got, you know, that 2028 year, there's no allocated signing bonus to that year. So they have the ability to come back next year and restructure the thing down if they want to and push some signing bonus money back into 2028 that they don't currently have right now. So uh, this is why it's a, a this five-year contract is really a six-year contract because it incorporates this year and the flexibility that gives you from a cap standpoint is uh, is pretty remarkable and really important. And it's why you should always try to do these deals early, even if it's at the top of the market. Yeah. I mean, the way I didn't describe it like this on Twitter, but, uh, you know, it is is controversial, I guess, for lack of a better term, as Trayvon Diggs is. Like, he's, to me, he's become underrated because there's people who think he's, like, the worst corner in the league. And, again, there's people who think he's the best corner in the league, and he falls, I think, a lot closer to the best than the worst. I don't think he's by being the best cornerback in the league. Um, but. Like, I almost view him and Dak in, like, that same thing where people are just so off base on both ends of the spectrum where it's, like, honestly, where Trayvon – like, I don't even know if I'd say he's the fifth best corner in the league, but I think he's a top 10 to 12 corner in the league. And cornerback's a position like quarterback and tackle and defensive end where it's not always the top guy that gets the top money. A lot of the time it's whoever's up for that contract gets the top money. So the fact that he's in that 10 to 12 range and only – got the fifth most money and I'm sure we're going to see more corners coming up here soon to you know outdo that deal you know I, I just I think it's great value I think Trayvon Diggs is an underrated corner in the league I think what he brings as far as turnovers go is something that is huge and I just think he's improved outside of one or two games this year like his overall coverage aspect of his game and he's not a guy who's going to go lay people out on the boundary you know running plays down on the running game that's not who he is and if you think he or if you're upset with him because he's not, then you have to adjust your expectations because what he is is a above average to good cover corner who is an elite ball production takeaway guy. And those guys absolutely have a ton of value in the NFL nowadays. Yep, absolutely. And when you look at the top, you know, 10, 15, even close to 20 contracts for corners in the NFL, he's a year or two younger than every other guy in that group. He has as much or more ball production as any other guy in that group. And 
here over the course of the next two or three years, you're going to have Sauce Gardner get a new deal, Pat Sertan get a new deal, AJ Terrell get a new deal. Um, you know, and then there's guys like JC Horn, guys like that. JC Horn, yes, exactly. Several of these guys are going to get new deals that are going to come in probably above where Trayvon Diggs landed, and he's going to wind up just like we saw with that. He's going to wind up with the by the time you're halfway through this contract, he's going to be the ninth or tenth highest cornerback contract on the market, and it's going to feel exactly where it should feel. And that's why you should always do these deals early, and you should never be scared to go up to or very near the top of the market. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like I said, I mean, he's just – and the the thing that I don't think we talk about or touch on with him enough is, like, he's, what, five years into playing cornerback? Yeah, I think this is – yeah, five or six years of playing corner so, ever. Yeah. So, like, again, you got guys who played three or four years in college or – yeah, three or four years in college and three or four – and then, you know, and you think, hey, you know, they're – they played high school there, they played college there, like, you're probably not going to see much more development from them, but a guy like Trayvon Dix, who's still pretty damn new to the position. Like there's not saying that he isn't going to make another jump as far as cleaning up some of his technical aspects of his game that maybe he still has some issues struggling with, or he still gets beat because of his eyes or he's too aggressive. Like there's, there's the argument with him that you don't have for a lot of other corners in the NFL that he could still make another jump in a development aspect of his game. Yeah, absolutely. So he's, like I said, he's 25. Nobody else is under the age of 26 in that top 15 or 20 Cowboys or corner contracts. And, and his cornerback age in terms of, like you were saying, the, the amount of time he's been playing the position is significantly younger than everybody in that group. It just continues to make it look like a really good deal. On, to be honest, a really, really good player who is really important to the way this Cowboys defense wants to play. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what else do we have? Is there anything else that you want to touch on about what Jerry and Steven and the State of the Union or anything that came out yesterday from the press conference that we we, we missed? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, <clears throat> other than not making anybody angry, it, it sort of still, you know, tracks to what they normally say, right? Like, Jerry is urgent. He doesn't have that many more of these left. He wants to win a championship. They feel like they're knocking on the door, you know, all that kind of, they love Oxnard because of the environment that it gives them to be able to hold camp, you know, all, all that kind of traditional things. Um, it's, uh, 
they do have some more contract work to do. And it's interesting whenever, um, whenever Steven was talking about um, contracts yesterday, somebody asked him and he said something about, and the first name he said was Trevon Diggs. Obviously that's top of mind. They were that close to having it done. And then he said, CD lamb. And so you wonder if, and he, he even sort of had those two grouped together almost like, and maybe that's because they came in in the same year and they're the closest to free agency. But he said, you know, we got Trayvon Diggs, CD lamb, and then started talking about some other guys. Um, and so, you know, who knows what else they're working on. We know the, a lot of these deals get done in or around the first couple of weeks of camp um, while everybody's in the same place. And a lot of agents will make trips through camps and things like that to visit their guys. And so we'll, we'll see if they get any more of these contracts done. I think it's absolutely huge. One of the last things that I really thought we needed to touch on was not only did Terrence Steele not get placed on the P- the pup list, it sounds like he's either ready or very close to being ready to practice, um, which is absolutely huge. And then the fact that his name was also listed in the contract stuff. You mentioned, you know, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, and then it was like Terrence Steele and some of those other, Zach Martin, you know, they, they got all brought up. So, like, the fact that it looks like we might have, it might have been some smoke early on the offseason where they said, yeah, we, you know, we don't know that he's going to be in that top five. And we don't know, you know, he might be a guy that's swing tackle or gets reps at guards. Like it sounds more and more, you know, Mike McCarthy said that they plan on starting camp the way they ended some of the OTAs and all that with uh, the offensive line rotation. So that would, you know, realistically be Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyron Smith at left tackle. Terrence Steele or his injury replacement guy right now as he continues to work back. And then really the only difference would be is that Zach Martin's not going to be there until he gets there. But it sounds more and more like that offensive line is what we were hoping it would be with Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyler Biotish at center, Zach Martin at right guard, and Terrence Steele at right tackle. And it sounds more and more like they're really interested in making Terrence Steele, you know, a, a guy that they want to keep around for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very interesting point that he said, we're going to start the way we finished. Um, and I think it was Clarence Hill who asked the question about the offensive line. And he said, yeah, we're planning on starting the way we finished. And he kind of gave Clarence one of those kind of smiles, like, were you paying attention to how we finished at camp? Uh, because we know there's a lot of talk about that. And they didn't put that lineup out there until, I think it was until the mandatory minicamp is when they finally yep. went to that lineup that we've been hoping to see, at least in front of the media. Um, who knows what they were doing on the OTAs, not open to, to the media. But, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to that he made that point because it almost seems like that was the plan all along. But we also have seen this team like to move guys around and get guys reps at a lot of different places during those offseason, those offseason practices. So, uh so, yeah, it's uh, it's good to know that they're at least planning on starting that way. And like you said, Terrence Steele was the first name out of Stevens' mouth after Lamb and Diggs. It was Trevon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, and then we got Steele and so-and-so and so-and-so as they, as they kind of go down. And so it was uh, it, it, it's definitely good to see that it seems like a lot of that stuff with Steele in the offseason was some posturing and some, you know, some things going on with maybe – depending on how everything went with Tyron and all that other kind of stuff that they, or what they did in the draft, maybe might've left some things open, but it's good that based on the way it fell, they feel like Terrence Steele is a priority because he absolutely should be. 
Do you think a CD Lamb extension gets done before week one? Um, so let's – I don't. I think CD Lamb happens next year. Okay. But because I don't do think, think that's – Do you think that's CD Lamb's and his camp's idea or the Cowboys not wanting to get it done? I don't know that the Cowboys have a ton of urgency. Like I said a minute ago with, with Trevon. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be pushing the top of the wide receiver market. Yes. And I, I don't think the Cowboys have that much urgency to go to the top of the wide receiver market two years early because they still have – this is year four, and then they still have next year on the fifth-year option with CD um, for them to get that deal done. And then we know they love to freaking use the franchise tag if they, if they have to. Um, I just don't think – I think they look at it and say, hey, we've got three years of control on this guy left still. Um, I don't know that they're in a big hurry. And we talked about it with uh, with the doing the deals two years early thing, is that they? Uh, I don't think they, they want to get in the business of doing deals that early, even though you know the cap economics dictate that that's the right thing to do, not the wrong thing to do. But they don't want to get in that in that situation where a guy on a second contract comes back two years early looking for more money all the time. I don't know if he would take it, but if I were the Stephen J- – and, again, like, I just tweeted this. I've said it multiple times. Like, my hat's off to Stephen Jones in the front office this offseason. They've done – Yes. Outside of some different things I would have done in the draft and maybe signing one or two free agents that I felt like could have been a little bit bigger impact. I have very few complaints about what they've done this offseason. I would go to the CD Lamb right now and make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL because I'm terrified of what Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and that that next group of guys is going to get in this next year or two. So I would almost yeah. try to beat them to the punch. And maybe you over, you know, again, what we just talked about, is CD Lamb the best receiver in the NFL? No. Is he in that 10 to 12 range? Absolutely. I'd go, here's top of the market get them to sign that because you're going to be really happy with that in three years from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go go to him for five years for $152 million or something like that, and that puts you just over the top of where Tyreek Hill is on an average annual basis, and it gives you a lot of control because that, like I said, then you have seven years of contract yep. to be able to move money around. Yep. He gets to be the highest-paid wide receiver. He gets to have the first $150 million wide receiver contract, all of those things. And again, he's significantly younger than all of the guys on those big contracts. So there is a legitimate chance that you're going to see him actually play out the full length of that deal. That that would be my approach. Um, I have a feeling the Cowboys will approach it a little different, but we'll we'll see how they go. And again, I'm not so sure that CeeDee Lamb and his camp go, even if they offer that, go, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> Jamar, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, uh, we're going to wait to see what, they're getting and bringing to the table and then we'll talk after that i mean that's how the, the, that business works for sure oh, but for sure sometimes, sometimes you get the guy that likes where he's at he wants to be there and he tells the agent hey you know as much as i think we could wait and get another 15 million let's just go ahead this is where i want to be but i would definitely that would be my only other other than seeing if you can get Dak to sign something that would be my only other big ask for them this year is see if they can get ahead of the jamar chase and justin jefferson deals um and, and try to get CD Lamb locked up long term before they before they get into the regular season. Yep, absolutely.
Anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think next week we'll have a lot more to talk about, but uh, it's good to be back in uh, football season. We got As we record this, we got guys walking on the practice field for the Cowboys. So John Machota is already coming through for us with the, with the walkout videos. So, uh, we, the we fun made- has started. And it's going to, like I said, I mean, shoot, this is football starting is like you said earlier, like as much as it's not really football, it still gets our blood and juices flowing plenty. So it's going to be from here on out, we're going to have plenty to talk about. We're going to have things to break down and it's not going to be as much finding things to talk about, which is always what I love because I love when this team's very easy to talk about in season and around the draft, but it's that two or three month period where you're kind of digging for things to talk about and podcast about and write about. And today kicks off where we don't have to do that anymore. So that this is like a holiday for me. (laughs) Absolutely. You are absolutely right. Well, cool. We will be back next week on the talking to star podcast. Make sure you have subscribed and are following along with, along with all the shows on the blogging, the boys podcast feed, Uh, search blogging, the boys podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Click subscribe and you'll get all the different shows from all the different voices. We appreciate the support. Make sure you're leaving ratings and reviews and stars and all that fun stuff as well. We appreciate that as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week on Talking Stuff. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.